0: Hello and welcome to Camera Eats First. My name is Devin, And I'm Catherine. And together we are Two Market Girls. We run a vegan YouTube channel and a blog, and this is our podcast where we talk about things like veganism, how we make our recipes, how we run our blog, some of our favorite food content and food news. And since we are so into food and Actually, do some PR and marketing on the side, or not really the side. This is the side. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say more full time. Uh, we thought we'd maybe talk about this. I was going to say, like, this intersection of marketing and food and how mm-hmm. they kind of interact more intensely than you might assume as a consumer.
1: Yes. You
0: don't know what they're not telling you or what they are don't want you to know.
1: Yeah. There's a lot I feel like people don't know. There's a lot that we probably don't know. No, I'm,
0: I'm scared because <laughs> we were talking about this earlier in the week because I've been doing research about some past marketing and food controversies. So we were talking about it and Kat brought up like a lot of stuff about the way that marketing has interacted with products and product development in ways that like I didn't actually realize it was so intense. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I mean, I've worked in, for background, I've only ever worked in the food industry in my marketing career. So I only have this, like, marketing, like, site in the food industry. Really?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And we know that, like, marketing will mess with you on any kind of product. (laughs) But we're going to speak mostly about food and food-related things.
1: Yeah, food-related things.
0: (laughs) Food-adjacent.
1: (laughs) Food-adjacent.
0: Because one of the things that you mentioned that I think I didn't fully appreciate how frequent it is, is the fact that like marketing and product development happen more closely than I thought they did.
1: Yeah, honestly, they happen, at least from my experience, they happen like you don't just like a product development team doesn't just come up with ideas and like from the get-go maybe it is like that but usually as soon as you start to have a marketing team you start building out data you start building out insights you can't really just rely on product developers anymore to make a product that people are going to love because they don't necessarily know all the time what people are going to love you rely on the marketing team to know that
0: I guess because now it's making me think of the whole like if you build it they will come which we all know is not true. No. That's not how it works. No. So, like, if you work too independently of marketing, then you'll have a product, but you won't really understand the market that it might be for. If you work too focused just on the marketing, you might be able to sell a product, but you might not actually have a good product.
1: Yeah. You might. I feel like sometimes when it's too heavily reliant on marketing, you lose sight of actually making a quality product. You'd get stuck in, like, oh, it has to do this, you sometimes do something at the expense of something else that makes the product enjoyable to somebody. So you end up with a bad product.
0: I feel like I'm thinking of one specific product in mind right now. It is a cooking item.
1: <laughs> what? Which, which one could that be? That is, I, I have no idea what you're talking about.
0: It's always just what you need.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have such a grudge against this product. <laughs>
0: and but do you feel like like I don't know if we want to call it out we don't need to no but do you feel like that's a good example of being too far on the marketing side to
1: where it's not really that good of a product 100 but I think this is the thing though I think with that product in particular like I don't know what the research and development side of that product was but to me it's all it is all marketing that product like even, like, I've seen people review it. I've seen all things. Even people who like it. Like, I, like, watched this review and I was like, I still don't really understand why this is this is this amazing of a product. Like, I get, like, it could be an in- easy product to use, but I was like, for what they charge and for what it is, I was like, I don't, I still don't get it.
0: I was going to say the price alone is a lot to ask for this one single product <laughs> that turns out to not be as perfectly multifunctional it'll save your whole life in the kitchen in every way like it's not that product
1: no because it's one of those so it's it's a multi-use product and I find sometimes with multi-use products especially is that they can do everything but they don't do anything really really well they do everything okay enough but like for someone who enjoys cooking it's not going to be good enough in any of those things
0: exactly like i feel like there are some examples of things where you find a happy medium because like Mm -hmm. we all have different size kitchens we all know like multi-use items are very valuable but you need some staple items like this is kind of a staple item
1: so don't worry about it being everything get a few of it i think instead of saying multi-use i think all in one when they pitch Mm. it as an all-in-one product i think that's when red flags start going up and i'm like I don't I don't know about this. I don't know. <laughs> Especially when it's there's so many different things it says it can do. And I was like, these are two complete opposite things. Like maybe it can do it, but not as good and as efficient as something else. Like yeah. as something that's only designed for three different uses as opposed to seven different uses. <laughs>
0: or again, too, like I know we're, we're stuck on the same example. We'll move on to others, but like for this one, it might work for one kind of cook who maybe isn't like super involved in their cooking they're doing kind of like just really simple stuff Mm. that I could see it being good for it's still like very expensive for somebody who doesn't cook a lot but I could see it working for like some of those just basic cooking examples but they try to pitch it as the everything all you need for any kind of cook
1: Yeah, that's that's what I think the issue is, is I feel like if it if they pitched it as like this is the perfect beginner thing, you know, if you cook once or twice a week, this is great. Or if you're just making some like grilled cheeses or pasta or like, you know, basic things. Yes, that's all great. As soon as you get into something that needs like extra things like I need to there's different components. This product doesn't work anymore.
0: (laughs) But they've done a really good job of marketing it because, one, they've made it look really good. Like, it's It's aesthetically pleasing as a kitchen item. And they've also, like, built that around the entire marketing. So, like, it looks like the way you might aspire your kitchen to look, but then it's not going to support the food that you might want to make.
1: Like, I'll be totally honest. When it started, like, popping up everywhere, I – even I was like, oh, I kind of want this. I want it. Like, I – It's nice. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'm liking what they're saying. It's really nice to look at. It's aesthetically pleasing. I was like, I kind of want it. And then, you know, you start, like, looking into it a bit more. And you start, like, you get off of that, like, honeymoon phase, I think, where you're, like, "Mm, (laughs) maybe where you're just, like, so in love that you kind of miss red flags. Yeah. (laughs) This is a little too intense of a (laughs) metaphor, but... Um, I feel like it's one of those things where you're like, you get so you're like, whoa, it's so shiny and new and really cool and so aesthetically pleasing that you kind of forget to c- think critically. Sometimes you're like, wait, 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 this is marketing telling me this is really, really cool. <laughs> is it mm-hmm. actually really, really cool?
0: And then there was also like enough people reviewing it and saying this is really cool. You know, like I feel like there was. Yeah
1: there was a lot
0: yeah you were seeing a lot of people saying positive things about it and then as soon as you see like maybe one or two and especially if they're people you really really trust and know that you have similar cooking styles too and they're like this isn't it then it's it's over Game yeah over. i think
1: honestly i think there was one review of it that i saw that i was like okay i don't need this pan
0: yep this is <laughs> oh, not the pan for me oh i
1: just said Did, we said too much <laughs> definitely know what the product is. <laughs> I tried my best not to say that this whole time. <laughs> uh, <anyways>. Whatever. <laughs> but yeah, no marketing is it's one of those things that like even somebody in marketing, I feel like even the best marketer out there will still fall for marketing. Like n- dupes or strategies and tactics.
0: Oh, 100%. And I know, I feel like I fall for it with like food gimmicks a lot
1: like what so like what are some things that you that come to mind
0: like if there's some kind of like specialty menu thing at a restaurant or like uh, a limited edition flavor of something like those kinds of things I feel like I I always want to know
1: what about what about the things where it's like the product that is like always on sale so like there's like it's like got three weeks out of the year where it's actually full price and the rest of the time it's on sale (laughs) those I hate those products so much those things I always keep an eye out for because it was like that goes to show me that I feel like it's actually not that good of a product not because people aren't buying it but because if you can constantly sell it for this price it must you still must be making money at this price if you're selling it 50% of the time at this price so you're still making money you're not going to sell this product at a loss 50% of the time so You were originally charging $100 more than this. You're just upselling this really cheap product.
0: Oh, that's like a really good red flag to keep track of. Okay, there. We've got like at least two red flags that we've pointed out so far.
1: (laughs) Something that tries
0: to be everything. Red flag.
1: All-in-one is a terrible... Any kind of term that says all-in-one, stay clear of that product. You do not want that product.
0: Yeah. And then anything that is marked down very frequently... You hardly ever see it at full price. Red flag.
1: Red flag. Marketing tips. How (laughs) to suss out marketing ploys. Marketing red flags. You need to know. Yeah. I will say though, so like just going back to like the experience of like marketing and product development, I remember there's like in my experience, there's always like Um, Anytime a in companies that I worked for in the past, anytime we wanted to develop a new product, the product team couldn't really start until they got data to prove that it made sense.
0: Oh, okay. And actually, I mean, that shouldn't be surprising because like that's how a lot of things have to function.
1: Yeah, especially in like because product development is depending on the Industry you're in is a very expensive thing, so to go through an entire process to find out that customers don't want this is a really costly thing to do.
0: Yeah, and I feel like that's like common um, startup advice: like, don't go building a product if you don't actually know that there's a demand for it or a need for it in a market, and if you don't even know what the market is.
1: And that's why so many you'll see it now, even in like I watch a lot of like Dragons Den and Shark Tank and all that kind of stuff, a lot of businessy shows. Where you see a lot of people when they come in where they don't have like like they just have a prototype or something. They haven't actually gone and they're like, you know, we need to see the demand. That's everyone always like do a Kickstarter, do like a GoFundMe or not a GoFundMe, whatever it is. But like do those types of things so you can see if people are willing to pre-order it just on concept, like that's how you know people want it.
0: Yeah, that is some pretty solid data right there.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like honestly, that's one of the easiest things you could do for gathering data on whether your idea is good or bad is just doing a pre-order of it.
0: Yeah. So it kind of has to go like you develop your concept, like you have a solid idea of what your concept is and then you take that and it becomes a pitch and then you figure out is there an audience for this? Is there a market for this? And then you go into product development.
1: So like, and like the big, the big chunk of that is finding out if there's an audience because you could do, you look for studies, you look for gaps in the market, you do focus groups, you do tons of tons of things. There are so much studies that go into marketing that I feel like people also forget that. They just think it's somebody who just knows how to channel people, which is not true. Like, I mean, it is true to an extent, but like there are so many studies that go on in marketing where it's, whether it's a focus group Or you're like tracking people's data and all that kind of stuff. Like there's so much of that that goes into marketing.
0: Yeah. And it's that whole like the psychological side of marketing that like I was kind of reading up on a lot and like we were discussing earlier this week and just how like so many decisions from like a color to a font to a word choice, all of it is tied back to the psychology of that color of that word. How is the consumer feeling? What words do they associate with this product, with this brand? And they're all trying to, like, analyze you from so many ways, like, to the point where some marketers, they'll tell you, like, we know the consumers and their needs more than they might know their needs. Yeah. Which I, you don't know me.
1: Target knows you. Well... (laughs) Brands, I I fully believe brands know you, big brands especially. Like Amazon probably knows everyone more than than they know themselves, 100%.
0: Well, I mean, that Target example that you told me is actually very freaky. It's scary,
1: yeah. Uh, So I don't remember how long ago this was when it started coming out, but Target, it was one of those things where... Target tracks everybody's purchasing habits. You know, they know when a woman's about to start their period. They know certain, by, based on purchasing habits and time and all that kind of stuff. And I think it was one of these case studies that came out that Target knew this woman was pregnant before she knew herself. So she w- they were sending her targeted ads for baby things. And, like, she found out, like, it was something, like, a week or two later that she was pregnant or whatever. And I was like, that's wild to me. Like, that is – like, how does that – I, like, I still, I understand how that kind of stuff works to an extent, but, like, how is that even possible?
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, that kind of blows my mind.
1: Like, screw pregnancy tests. Just ask Target. (laughs) Yeah. Target, tell me what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on with my body today, Target?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I need to buy all these things? Well, if you say so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, this is the thing. I feel like um, people... You, you t- say stories like that and then people get all freaked out, which rightfully so. I think it is scary when companies know people so intimately. But at the same time, too, it's also not a bad thing because br- people are sh- showing you what you want and what you need and what like whatever it is like. It's it's like this weird like there's this fine line of like, ooh this is kind of kind of invasive. But also, you know, thank you for sending things that I actually need.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Because on the one hand, it's like, okay, I'm getting ads for things that I was like maybe interested in and now I'm getting the ads so much that I'm like, oh yeah, I think I do want this. I have to buy this, (laughs) you know? But on the other hand, I buy certain things because I'm like, I want you to know that this is a product I want to see more of, you know? Like my money says something about the demand. I'm buying this so you keep making this.
1: Well, literally I do it with my, so (laughs) President's Choice has a points card our grocery, like one of the grocery lines. I literally do that all the time where I'm like, I like, so I'm on the point system and they'll give you like offers each week or whatever it is, literally buy things. And then the next week they're like, oh, you can get points for buying this product. I was like, thank you. That's exactly, I buy the things. So you give me points when I buy them again.
0: (laughs) So we're training them as much as they think they're training (laughs) us. Uh Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. I think another good example that, Uh, I literally just remembered. there's cookbook companies that are basing cookbooks that are like looking at gaps in the market, coming up with ideas, then finding the authors to write them. They're no longer being like getting authors to pitch them and stuff. They're literally being like, okay, there's a gap in the market for vegan baking books. Let's find somebody who can write this for us. Like there's so much marketing and data in everything now.
0: Which I mean, and to a certain extent, like we kind of. I think we do it a little less now but like also when we're looking for ideas we'll be like well what are people searching for? You know what kind of recipes should we develop this month? What do people want? So like we do a little bit of that too
1: I guess. No everyone this is the thing I feel like anyone saying that marketing is a bad thing is naive to marketing's in everything. A a food blogger does it product develop, like big businesses, Amazon do it, small local businesses do it with social media, who you target on social ads. Like it's in everything. So it's a little naive when you say marketing is a bad thing. I think it's a da- it can be a dangerous thing, but I don't think it's a bad thing. I think like everything, humans mess things up. Humans can't be trusted.
0: It goes back to Spider-Man, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. And some companies will abuse that power and a lot of companies yes (laughs) yeah and then others they will use it responsibly and you also want them to use it because you want them to grow
1: yeah it's 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 interesting like I it's one of those things where like when you're in the world I feel like you I don't know maybe you're more okay with maybe I'm okay with it because I'm in the marketing world or maybe it's just because I understand it more I don't know I don't understand it that much even anyways I have like not that much years of experience
0: like you're less you're less um what's what's the right word like not offended or less like grossed out by it because you understand how it's working and
1: what it's doing and you don't feel like you're being exploited as much I don't feel like yeah exploited yeah like i don't like there there hasn't been much in recent memory where that i feel like i've bought and then like a few, month later i'm like what this was useless. I didn't buy, why did I buy this? I don't feel like I have, like in my recent memory, I can't think of anything. I feel like I still know how to suss out what I actually need and don't need.
0: Yeah. Or to suss out like what is a quality product and what isn't. Because like being a conscious consumer these days is scary and it's difficult because like if you're, if being you're buying marketed at
1: all the time too that's why it's yeah, so hard yeah. to
0: <laughs> and like how often do we rely on reviews and then how much manipulation is happening to reviews behind the scenes like there's just a lot you have to a lot of extra work and thinking you have to do to feel like you are being a conscious consumer these days so i think like anybody who is doing that work they're like yeah this is just how it is but there's lots of people that don't realize that and don't do all that extra work and then i could see that being like marketing is the enemy because <laughs> look at all these ways i've been played
1: yeah which i can, I can understand like i feel yeah. like you shouldn't have to be like on guard all the time know. to be scammed it's unfortunate it's very, very unfortunate, but um, I, as, as anything, I always think that, like, never, ever buy anything out of impulse. Like, I think if you can help it, like, sit back on it for, like, at least a week and just be like, let's let's look up a random person who's tried it. Let's not look up, like, don't look up an influencer who's been paid to talk about it because, like, yes, a lot of influencers, most influencers won't talk about something they hate, but there are some that will because brands are paying them for it so look up like a real person who's actually um used the product reviewed the product there's so much of it on youtube so Mm -hmm. much of it also just like look up alternatives if there's like other things like look up what like if you're really enamored by this thing figure out why it is like what problem it solves for you and look up other products like it and see if you can find something better or cheaper or more i don't know less gimmicky
0: Yeah. And you know what? I feel like we got to give a shout out right now to the people who do review products and do leave reviews on product pages because, my goodness, you are the true heroes. You saved me from so many poor decisions where it's like, I'm convinced. And then you read the comments and you're like, oh, no, I almost got played. Has there been
1: anything that you can remember in recent memory that you bought and you're like, wow, this is actually kind of crap. I can't believe I bought this.
0: Nothing that I can think of think of I know like something
1: you almost bought
0: oh yeah but probably clothing because like clothing is one of the main things especially when we weren't going out shopping and it was only online shopping that you could really do I would like read as many reviews as I could for something and be like what are people saying what are people who are my size saying about this and like
1: really doing my research (laughs) saved me from some ill-fitting clothes I think I hope (laughs) clothing is a is a tough one I feel like I, I hate clothing marketing so much because it's one of those things where I'm like, oh my God, this looks so good. And I was like, I always have to remind myself, I was like, but that ain't me. Like I have a different body type than this person. It might, like I might not feel good in it. Like this person looks good in it. <laughs> like I gotta remember that.
0: Oh, I know it's scary out there. <laughs> but the other side of it that I also find really fascinating, and this is kind of going back to food, is when a product already exists but they decide to innovate on it, and it's because of information or research that has come from marketing. And I feel like we might be seeing that a lot in the development of vegan foods and products right now because there's. Beyond burger. Yeah, yeah. They've or had even how like, many
1: iterations of it?
0: Yes. And things like every brand that five years ago had an almond milk, now everyone has an oat milk. Like things like that,
1: you know? Yeah. No. Yeah. There's tons. Yeah. Anytime you see a recipe change or a product change or an ingredient change, that's probably because of marketing. Probably. It's not always. Sometimes it's to lower costs. Um, But usually it's because of marketing. Because something comes up where they're like, people like this better or people want to see this this under this number or this or they don't like to see this as an ingredient in there and they don't like to see this and like you're always changing th- always changing things
0: yeah and like to that point where you just said like people prefer to see this like especially for vegan food it's well we're trying to we're obviously trying to appeal to the existing vegans but also maybe like the part-times or the yeah. omnivores <laughs> who are like part Part-time. the part-timers
1: The like, <laughs> part-timers <laughs>
0: <laughs> but the people are like kind of on the fence and so like these are the words or these are the ingredients that they are more accepting and open to so i think we're seeing that especially with oat because people seem cool with oat people Yo, are, people into are oat. so
1: cool yeah yeah people love mm- oat
0: yeah oat's a good time but then also i think pea protein is starting to be everywhere
1: everywhere people would
0: much rather see you say this has pea protein instead of saying it
1: has soy yeah. Gosh, soy needs better PR team. Poor soy. <laughs> Just so <the> bad soy. <laughs> yeah, no, you'll start seeing so many things where it's like even... I'm trying to think of the example. I think... Actually, I think a bad example of it was uh, Light Life. When oh, yeah. Light Life came up with the clean ingredient list crap. Yep. Um, that was prime... Like, everyone, there's, there's this, again, weird notion of non-vegans thinking veganism is a health diet where they're like, oh, it must be healthy. So I guess Light Life is trying to grab that market, which makes sense. You're trying to get the market of non-vegans because vegans will probably eat your product regardless. Um, but like, they went the route of like, we're healthier than everybody else. <laughs> and like, that was a complete shift. Light Life wasn't like that before, I feel like. I mean, I don't know Light Life that well, but I feel like they didn't do anything like that before.
0: No. And that's also an example where like the marketing fully like called out the other two main brands very clearly. And I kind of backfired like it wasn't a good look for them you know so like when we talk about marketing and products and product development light life was actually one of the ones i thought about too in that specific campaign that was like earlier this year i
1: think especially like i'm sorry that campaign especially when you're owned by maple leaf foods like get out of here maple yep. leaf
0: <laughs> <laughs> you want to be able to read all the ingredients in your fu- food want to be able to pronounce all the words then you want a life life light life burger not those other ones. What's it even made out of?
1: <laughs> so I think this is a fun one to talk about. So President's Choice is coming out with a lot of vegan stuff. A lot of vegan stuff. But I think a, a lot of it, and I don't know how much of it, but I've noticed some of it is the same product, just with a new label. Like, they still have the other yeah. product. So, like, the chocolate chips, I'm pretty sure, are the same, right? Right. Like, the chocolate Mm -hmm. chips are the same as their regular chocolate chips, but they've labeled them vegan because they know maybe somebody won't check the label of the other one. But it's the exact same product. Like, literally, if you read the ingredient list of their President's Choice chocolate chips versus their President's Choice plant-based chocolate chips, it's the exact same product, just in two different packaging.
0: Yeah, and it's even the same price.
1: Yeah, exact same price, exact same product, exact, like, literally everything. Ingredient list is the same. Everything is the same about it. That's fully marketing because they're like oh this one's for like the vegans or people who like want to eat dairy free and might not check the ingredient list of this one so we can just put this product on the shelf twice.
0: Now the only thing that I've been wondering about that instance like when they can put vegan on it is that like there's strict rules around that like there has to be no risk of cross-contamination doesn't there if you put vegan on it because like maybe that's not the case anymore but I feel like it used to be because these other products will say may contain on them but a vegan product doesn't usually have that disclaimer because they're saying there's no chance
1: oh I don't know
0: I just remember that being a thing before I don't know if it still is
1: yeah well i think too present choice calls itself plant-based so maybe they get around it by that but i didn't realize there was control over the word vegan
0: i think so like, like on, if you have in that
1: marketing labeling i didn't realize if you have
0: that, that certified vegan label oh, yeah, yeah yeah
1: that is that's a what i'm talking label about label too yes okay yeah. yeah yeah so you can still put the word vegan on there you just can't have the vegan certified The certified yeah little logo thing yes. yeah yeah because the same
0: like with things with like kosher or gluten-free like anything that is
1: those like certified organizations that certify products yeah that is like a set of rules you usually pay for that kind of stuff too yeah yeah but even that, that those are hard to be trusted like was it wasn't remember the seafood one the dolphin safe what do you remember what was that seafood seaspiracy was that it what was it seaspiracy that came out on netflix yeah where they talked about there's one called... There's a label, an organization called Dolphin Safe that pay, like people can buy labels for. They audit the product to say whether it harms dolphins because I guess it was a big thing at one point. Um, but... They lied? No, no, no. They didn't lie. But what it doesn't say is that... So you get this label called Dolphin Safe, but with the product, the company organization gives it to companies that only harm a certain number of dolphins so it's not that no dolphins are harmed it's that they fall under a certain threshold but even like then they don't even double check things sometimes that came out they just kind of like sell the certification so like even those certifications are hard to be trusted
0: it's all it's all marketing gray area all those loopholes you never know yeah never know what's happening there wow we're all gonna have trust issues if we don't already Yeah. And the funniest example of the PC thing, the President's Choice products, is their um, hamburger buns and hot dog buns that they have that are plant based. Have you seen those ones? No. Like it's literally just your regular white bread hot dog bun, white bread hamburger bun, but it's in that green plant based labeling and packaging. Uh huh. That's it. That's it. You're just repackaging these plain burger and hot dog buns.
1: Yeah. Honestly, I think it's because they know there's a bunch of people who probably won't check those ingredients. And then there's also they can't just put plant-based on that because there's a bunch of people that might stop buying it because they think something changed. So they just offer it twice, which is a form of marketing manipulation. 100%. Yeah. Which like I will say I appreciate when products are labeled plant-based so I don't have to read ingredients. So like I don't hate it. But it is, like, one of those things where you're like, wow, you what else do you do?
0: <laughs> or, I mean, I just like the fact that I could just check your products and I'm going to find the ones that are vegan. Like, to me, as a vegan, that's so satisfying when you find one that, hey, you guys should, you could label this one, you know. But then you have all the people being like, oh, I can't buy that now. Yeah. Like, imagine people knew that Oreos were plant-based. Yeah. They'd never buy yeah. them again then what yeah,
1: would really? they do? <laughs> as soon as that label goes on oreos they're gonna be like oh my god they changed things You're be like no they didn't <laughs> um i will say though i appreciate that president's choice doesn't change the price between yes. the vegan and the- they just change the labeling and then so far nothing changes yeah so far we haven't seen a price <laughs> increase for a plant-based product which i appreciate yeah i feel like if they did that people would have to notice right like if we noticed other people definitely noticed right
0: I would hope so, but I don't know. More. <laughs> but I mean, speaking of product development and ingredient choices, um, I wonder what the market research is saying about how much coconut presence choice uses in their products. Yeah,
1: really. I think, I think their marketing is a little flawed.
0: But I, I think, well, we did see them come out with some oat based yogurt. So maybe they're starting to realize. They're
1: catching up. They're like Tim Hortons. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh my gosh Tim Hortons except is just... they're
1: actually trying it seems at least PC's just putting something out
0: Tim Hortons is putting out Tim beeps
1: Tim Hortons is partnering with Justin Bieber
0: instead yeah but you know at least they have almond milk now for their drinks that's that's good <laughs> that's of them
1: re- almond milk almond milk like there's so many cafes that don't even offer almond milk
0: anymore <laughs> they are like five years behind yes
1: like so far behind it's ridiculous <laughs>
0: oh uh, so do you think have we helped with um consumer hesitation or consumer education yeah
1: honestly I think the whole like what you just have to remember is just always remember marketing isn't everything and just like give it a second thought you know like don't tr- always I don't think I think don't buy things based off of ads and don't buy things based off of any kind of ad, whether it's an influencer ad, a social ad, an ad on TV, do some your do some of your own research before you purchase the product. Yeah, yeah. I think your own research is always good, especially in products because you deem the successfulness of the product.
0: And don't don't fear the marketing, just try to understand it better. Maybe that'll help.
1: Yeah, I think like everything, it's more about education rather than getting rid of something altogether.
0: Yeah, in the past they were they had to do a lot more work to get our cycle analysis. Now they have all of our data, so it's a little bit easier, a little and bit more streamlined. We
1: smartphones.
0: Yes, yeah. And they're not so
1: smart because they're smart for us. They're smart for companies.
0: It opens up a lot of opportunities, but again, there's good and bad. It can help smaller companies grow, but it can also help larger companies exploit you. So and, and it can also
1: it can also help you find products that you would never have known before. So yes. I think there's good and bad in everything.
0: There we go. There we I go. I like
1: marketing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's going to be it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And if you want to check out any of our recipes, they are at 2MarketGirls.com, Market t-marketgirls on YouTube, all of the socials. This isn't marketing. This is just, <laughs> these are just <laughs> statements.
1: These are just statements. Cold, hard facts. Just stating the facts. <laughs>